Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years in the tyre industry. BF Goodrich will be there to drive you on your next on- or off-road adventure Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? I've had a great week, mate, actually. It's been quite good. Went down to Gippsland earlier in the week, um, fished down at Lake Tyres. Didn't didn't spend too many hours in the water, but fished it for the first time. I've got to say, it is one of the most picturesque places you could just about ever possibly fish. And we fished it when it was blowing a gale. But because you can sort of wind your way through the river system... It's really quite protected at the top end, so we had a bit of a um, bit of a flick around for some for some brim and for some flathead. Um, local guru, uh, guru Stewie Yates took us for a bit of a uh, a bit of a venture. Paul Worsling and, and Barry Sullivan were down there. We were sort of um, going through what our next real brand sort of range is going to look like, um, and it was just we just had a blast. Like it was great. And you was, uh, managed to land. I don't think you did, but someone managed to land a quality flathead. Yes, yeah, Stewie did. So it's certainly very much the tricks of the <laughs> trade uh, with sort of cast retrieval, the size of lures we were using. And Stewie managed to land an 87 centimetre um, absolute monster flathead. Was, Only a small one for the lake itself. They get well over a metre in that lake. They, they do. They get Which well is over scary a to see. And, and it's uh, there's something really, really special about it. Like it's a it's a... Great place to go and sort of visit. Uh, the only thing I would have loved if we had an extra, you know, three or four days to actually fish it properly. We only had a couple of hours to um, to spend sort of after sort of a couple of days of, of sort of business work. But I'll tell you what, what I did learn is though, I, we sort of bought a few of the, um, the lighter gear I've got, but still probably... Um, not estuary based, but more bay based. What I would have done if I had my time again was go like really quite light line mm. just to get the distance on the cast, particularly because um, like brim aren't going to break you off. Um, maybe with a with a decent size flathead, but still like it's not like there's reef for them to run into. Yeah, there's a few snags, but it's not too bad. Mentioning your distance in your cast, a couple of tips to get distance in your casting is. A full spool pat. So depending on what style of braid, I'm tipping you're probably more like you said your bay. You're probably running more your whiting, heavier whiting gear as such. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So we had the two and a half thousands, which I, I'd go, I'd go lower. Thousands. Yeah, thousand. I mean, people do fish with two and a halfs there, but you could 
you know, we had sort of 15 pound line on it. Yeah, so I you want to drop to sort of six that. or eight, yeah. Yeah, six. I reckon yep. six would work perfectly. Well, and the, the key is light and full spools. Full spools makes a massive difference. So what I mean by that is if you let your uh, spool, for example, if you look at my rods, because I'm using them every day and they just constantly get low and low on braid, cost a fortune to keep re-spooling, I don't tend to cast, so I can let them get down. And I know that if I have, for example, a 5,000 Saragossa, and I load that with 30-pound or 50-pound, or 30-pound braiding, for instance, uh, for a snapper, I um, that there's got 300 metres on there. So I can let it get down well under half, and I've still got 150 metres. And realistically, no snapper is going to pull more than 20 metres of line off your reel at any given one, one time. time. And I'm not casting as such, where when you are a cast fishing for instance if you're chasing a mulloway on plastics or even snapper in the bay on plastics to get that casting don't have half a spool because it just doesn't come off smooth you need to fill it right up and a cheap way to do that is actually to back your line uh, back your reel with mono so what i mean by that is for for instance i i purchase uh unitika braid and i get 300 meters of it and uh I usually, like I said to you before, the benefit for me is I fish every day. So I let my reels get half, yes, they look half empty, but they're not. But for you to get two reels out of one spool of braid, uh, make sure you back it with mono. So for instance, if you've got a whiting reel and you come in a 300 meter spool, you don't need 300 meters. You could get three reels done. Back half of it with mono and then put just 100 meters on top of your braid and that for instance you'll have three rods done that's a cheap way of actually using braid uh, in itself we used uh, plenty of sort of paddle tail soft plastics they were probably the most uh successful for our, our the flatties love those they love those big paddle tails yeah and, and even we like we managed to use a few smaller ones as well and caught some brim on those um crank lures they did really yep. well like the if you're looking in store short and chubby bit like Aaron, um, <laughs> deep diving. I can't um, argue that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're in good shape at the moment. Um, but one of the things certainly we um, – I took the stabie down there, Redmond, and um, happened – I forgot the – well, I'm going to blame John Boy. Forgot the <laughs> um, the pin for the uh, Minn Kota. Oh, jeez. And it really cost us because it was blowing so much. That would have caught you so many more fish. <laughs> oh, it, it really would have. So, Stewie, who was – he was he had um, – Paul Worsling and... Uh, Didn't just get a stick off a tree. <laughs> and Baz in his boat. They were able to just hold their location. Yep. And obviously, with the, with the new tech that they've got, you can you can set your sort of range and Close. slowly motor up. And exactly. So um, that really did cost us because we had to anchor at different stages. And then, then when we did drift, when we're casting for flatty sort of through the... Um, the main sort of body of water, I reckon we would have beaten Wild Oats 11 on the way to <laughs> Tasmania. We were, we were flying. Well, that's one thing about the aluminium boats is the wind just, because they're so light on top of the water, they just grab them, don't they? Like a sail. I reckon we were doing 15 <laughs> yeah, knots. I, we almost got up on the plane. I couldn't believe it. I saw your Instagram story and I'm like, I, I thought you were going to blow out as you were putting the boat in. <laughs> it was so breezy. Uh, um, you got to do what you got to do. Let's get to your week in fishing. You've re-recorded uh, quite a few of your salt guide videos, yeah. updated them. How'd it go? Fantastic. We couldn't have picked a better day, and we sort of timed it a few days out regarding the wind that was going to come. And Craig, uh, who owns Salt Guy with me and does our camera work, I had to give Craig a, um, I have to give him credit because I got him down from uh, Melbourne because he lives in Bo Morris, COVID land, Patrick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bo Morris. <laughs> Bo Morris with his uh, Range Rover and his fly rod. <laughs> and he come down and he um, he joined me nice and early and we had, it's a big day and Craig hadn't fished for a long time. And when I say it's a big day, 
I'm used to it, and I was still buggered that night. I had a couple of beers that night, and the next day I could have slept all day, I reckon. But Craig, um, Craig rocked up, and we the whole day was set out, and he was determined to get the job done. And just to be able to go off to do so many things in one day with such success is what we're trying to teach people about making the most out of a day on the water. So you nailed uh, whiting. Gummy sharks offshore first yep. with the northerly wind. And I, well, Craig wanted to do the snapper, and I don't like the north wind for the snapper. So I said, gummy sharks in the ocean. So we went out there, we filmed them. And you got to remember, when we're filming gummies in the ocean, that includes so much more. So it's about catching bait, setting your anchoring, making sure you sit on the reef, how to find that reef, but not only that, how to present your bait so they don't spin. There's so many different attributes that come into that one set of filming. So we got heaps of videos done. We come back in through the heads. We jumped on the calamari, landed some beautiful calamari, loaded Craig up to take him back uh, to his place because he fishes Western Port quite a lot and up the top end for snapper. So I loaded him up with some bait and then we also to eat and then we also went on the wide and filmed them too and when you do something like it'd be similar to yourself pat with football when you're trying to for example explain i guess how to tackle someone you you don't realize how much stuff comes into that like setting your body in the right position and with whiting fishing like to redo all these videos and the amount that like i did the whiting videos a couple of years ago the amount that i've picked up just in the i thought i knew everything that i did if that makes sense but i don't yeah i don't like just little things and uh Karen, who's Craig's partner, who does our editing, she just goes, Craig, these are the best lot of videos to come out because Aaron's included so much. And I just felt comfortable doing redoing the whiting. Uh, when I say, I've always been comfortable, but there was just so much more to come into it. And I explained the reasons why. Like, I talk on the show, using your parachute at the back of the boat to hold your boat straight. Using your engine to turn your engine to favour each way you're sitting into the current so everyone can fish that sand hole, not just the favoured side of the wind. Setting your burly just a foot off the bottom. There's so many different things to come into it. But the snapper as well up the bay, they I didn't film them, but we're going to do that in the next week. Um, they're going amazing. They fish they, really well. Oh, my yeah. God. I, I have bagged every time I have been on snapper this year, and I've only done them half a dozen times. I don't enjoy eating them. I, uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't eat them. So every fish that I keep is I, – I'll release every fish I catch if I don't – it's purely just because the boys eat them yep. and they want to cake their bag because they literally – I fish with a lot of different people. So it might be with yourself one day. It might be with your dad another day. It might be with my dad. Then it'll be with Mitch. Then it'll be with numerous mates. So they just keep them. They don't get the fish like I do. So they, they, they take their fish. They'll give it to their mum and dad. And we keep they keep their three snapper. It doesn't go far when by the time you fill them down – it does go far, but it doesn't when you we share it around. But my dominant bait on the snapper this season, Pat, squid. It is killing it. Squid, squid, squid. Strips? No, nah, rings. Big rings. You can chuck strips out. They'll work exactly the same, to tell you the honest truth. I just love my big calamari rings. Those big squid I'm getting, I ring them up. Nice and thin, but I ring them up, those big calamari. Still, and, then, and then you'll just pinch one end together. Yeah, pin- and then put the gamma gas. Just like I've said it. it before. Yep. And then you've got also the silver whiting. I've been... Pretty good, but squid has been by far the best. How are you rigging up the silver whiting when chasing snapper? I am rigging them up with 40-pound leader. Now, I've noticed the fish have got really blunt teeth, all of every fish I've caught. And you go, why are you looking at the teeth, you idiot? So you can drop even lighter if you want, but I'm having no dramas landing them on 40 pounds. So just stick with 40 pounds. Are you thinking that's generally because they're feeding at the bottom yeah, they're, fi- they're, shellfish and sort of crustaceans? That's right. Rather than in the ocean chasing pillies as such and baits and the likes, they're yep. quite, quite often in the ocean. The ocean's teeth, they, you touch them, they cut you. Yep. Where in the bay now, they are blunt. They look like they literally look round. Yep. So make sure you can drop your leader if you aren't getting a bite maybe. Maybe you can drop it to 20 or 30. Uh 
six o gamma circles. Uh, I've got them snelled, so a snelled rig with a small P sinker. Now I run three unweighted. Sorry, I just lied to you. I run two unweighted, <laughs> two weighted, and two squid strips weighted. My squid strips are always weighted. They're very light, where a pilly sort of falls through the water really nicely. And I like this when it's unweighted. With a squid ring, I like to get it down there. You can run it unweighted if you're only in 10 metres of water or so, but I've been in 16. 16's been the best for me. The water temp's around 17 to 18 on top now. And I know Chris Cassar has been fishing out a little bit deeper too, but he's getting that spasmodic bite in the Arvo really doing really well but he's also getting them during the day in closer too so there's numerous places that you can go so the bay's health the bay is very healthy with the fish at the moment and there's plenty of snapper for yourself to chase and make sure you snell it and just a little tip your first hook should is your bottom hook when you put it on so your bottom hook when you're snelled goes through in between the eyes as such so you go, it's on the top shoulder it goes through make sure it goes through the head the head needs to be pointing down and then your second hook goes sort of three quarters away up the fish from the head upwards through the, through the flesh. Just don't go through the whole fish. It's literally like, say for instance, your spine. You're running your spine. It's, if you're putting it through your back, it doesn't touch the spine. It goes through your back and out the same side. So it's only going half, not even halfway through the fish. And then you half hitch it and you both your hooks are exposed really, really well. And your hookup rate will be much better than just jamming a hook through it all the way. And you won't get a bite. Well, you get a bite, but... Your hook's not exposed as well, so you might pull hooks on fish because a hook won't have time to penetrate, and you might pull the whole bait through. Before we head to the break, a little bit of fishing news from around Australia. Territory and Tony McLean is two and a half grand richer after landing a barra in the million dollar fish. Um, it's five grand in total because there's another two and a half grand that gets donated to uh, your charity of choice. Oh, really? So there's plenty happening. Uh, right around the country. I think there's another four months to go with the million-dollar fish uh, up north, which is great to, to see. Um, plenty more coming up uh, after the break. We've got the Social Club. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge. And don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It has all our latest podcasts, fishing news, tips, and recipes. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. It's time for the Social Club. Make sure you download our new Real Adventures app. It's got all our latest podcasts, fishing news, tips and recipes. And if you send in a question and we read it out and award you the winner, in our social club, you win yourself a new Dometic CFX ice maker fridge freezer. We're giving away 10. I reckon we've given away four yeah, so three far. three or four. I reckon maybe four. We've got a few left. Safe to say they're, uh, they've inspired people to shoot in many, many questions. We've got quite a few to go through today. Uh, the first one is from Stodge. Hi, guys. Do you know anyone that repairs fish finders? I have an issue with mine. I can't find... Anyone that works on them, cheers. This is a bit of a challenging one, Redmond, because obviously it's quite generic in terms of got a bit of an issue, can't find anyone that works on them. Most marine dealerships will be able to point you in the direction of someone. It just depends on how old the unit is because quite often, if if we're talking sort of something that's five-plus years old, the technology moves so quickly that any old sort of setup becomes quite superfluous quite quickly. It does, and and it and it 
We just, we just spoke about this with video cameras. Yeah, and it can quite often cost you just as much to um, get it repaired to repair it than it would be a, a new unit, particularly for the older models because technologies move so quickly. If you've got a seven inch that five years ago or six years ago, top of the range, you paid fifteen hundred bucks for, you can get the same thing now for half that. Sometimes even less. So that's the sort of challenge you've got when you go to repairing fish finders and what's available. But if your issue is actually on water as such, so you're not getting a pickup on the bottom or if you're not getting the arches you want for a snapper, for instance, there's different. Uh, there's so many different people out there that are offering different services. For example, yep, for example, um, like Gwaine Blake. Gwaine Blake just yep. so he'll come out on your boat and he knows every unit back to front. Garmin's his expert, his expert at, but I can guarantee you that he'll get any other unit, whether it's Simrad Lawrence, working just as good as what he can get his Garmin. So it's so many different people out there that will do this to help you. Jump on social media and give Gwaine a message. There's, as you said, whether it's Simrad, um, Ray Marine, you know, all the all the mate, Furuno, Garmin, Humminbird. Um, there's experts in all these fields and there's marine dealerships that specify in selling them and they'll have the backup service. So you've just got to go to a marine dealership that actually stocks and sells the particular brand you've got issues with and then they'll be able to point you in the right direction in terms of maintenance or repairs. Next question is from Brendan Geary. Pat, what are your key tips for sand launching safely and avoiding embarrassment Embarrassment on the beach? Cheers. <laughs> Embarrassment's a big one. Uh if you're limited on beach Actually, space... it might be the big one, except when I'm at Aries Inlet getting you coffees, where are you? I'm meant to be there in 10 minutes. Where are you? The tide's coming in. I'm bogged. Don't embarrass me. That was one time. <laughs> one time, damn so don't, it. Don't answer this question. <laughs> don't launch with a... with. A small amount of beach space on an incoming tide. There's my, I, there's I, my I, number one tip. I can't talk either. I, got, I was at you Peter, Peter Barra last year and I had to get 14 randoms to help me push my car out. We've, we've all been there. We've we, all we'll been. actually skip this question. <laughs> Brandon, we have all been there, mate. Um, number one, I think you've got to have a really good snatch and strap because the last thing you want, if you've got plenty of beach space, have a good snatch and strap and then they'll, you know, if, if push comes to shove, literally you skull drag the boat right away from the water, then you, you're limiting your risk with um, having your car bogged and you've got water around it because that's the last thing that anyone wants. Get yourself a good set of tracks because if you do have a small amount of beach to work with... Maxi tracks. Maxi tracks. Yep. Um, you end up having to drive right up onto the soft sand and that's where, you know, everyone can get in sort of trouble. But you've really got to be quite efficient. That's the that's the key, I think. Um but if you get your boat as quickly away from incoming water, skull drag it up. You know, you obviously can't do that with every sort of boat. But if you've got a tinny, then that's certainly what I would recommend. Get it away from the incoming water and then try and be as efficient as you can with backing the boat onto the trailer and winching it up as quickly as you can. What, what about your uh, – I know you've got a few different methods in play. You've, you've changed your winch, uh, your actual – Winch, uh, it's not your seatbelt material anymore. You've got no, nah, it's a it's a proper cable wire, and like for for the fifteen and a half foot stavy, it is it is what it's hugely overkilled in terms of what we've got. What? But why is it? Why did you go that? Because I saw a guy once at Port uh, Point Road night when they were trying to get in a six meter boat, um, and it snapped, and the D shackle went straight through his quad, and oh, he's geez. had problems with his with walking ever since. So I, I've got that in my head. Um, as just the absolute no-no. What we always do, we always wet a towel and put it over the um, over the cable 
whenever we're, we're dragging something up or even when we're winching it up if it's under sort of heavy strain because that will actually shock absorb the, the wire yep. if it if it um, ricochets and launches. Um, so we do that quickly. But once again, when you're on the sand, particularly soft sand um, that is wet, the longer that your car is in one position and the engine's on and everything's sort of vibrating, the quicker that it will start to sink. So you've just got to be efficient, I think, is the most important one. Uh, my answer for that is uh, after hearing that, that leg incident, head to uh, a local boat ramp. <laughs> Matt Kalaja. Kalaja? Kalaja. Kalaja. While fishing in Port Phillip Bay for snapper, when is sea lice more active? Is it on a full moon or a new moon? You've had a bit of experience at different stages with sea lice. I hate sea lice. D- d- diving. <laughs> I hate sea lice. When when has been the big issues that you've had with them? New moon. It's yep. always new moon. Uh, you, a way to avoid them a little bit, it's doesn't. It's not going to help you, is fishing the big tide. So when it's dark, the sea lice come out. But if you can fish the bigger tide at night, they're less active. Yep. Those slow tides, well, it, it, for instance, doesn't matter. I'm more talking southern Port Phillip Bay, but if you're in Cario Bay or whatnot in the sea, like, and you're in no tide or water, you're, in, you're stuffed anyway on a new moon. Full moon, there won't be any sea lice. So close, the closer you get to the full moon, there'll be a lot less. There still might be a few, but nowhere near the new moon. The new moon is prolific. Like, it's they're out of control. Chris Dolan, with the kingfish season soon to start, what is your favourite method for catching them as opposed to the most productive method? Well, I think for mine, it's surface lures. Yep. It's the most fun casting for them. They're the most temperamental fish of all time. I can't... It's so annoying to fish for Yours? Oh, I'm a dirty bait fisherman. I love, <laughs> I love, uh, I love live baiting them. I don't think it's much better watching your rod get. You're just watching it, and it loads up, and it sort of looks like I call it the backwards bite, where it starts to like goes because the the weight gets lifted from the kingfish, and all of a sudden you see it start to load, then all of a sudden it hooks and just screams off. I don't think it's much better. Uh, also, getting a hit on a surface lure is awesome fun too. Ah, oh, anything, anything with kingfish, I think. We spoke to. Gwaine Blake last week, he yep. spoke about surface temperatures and water temperatures and when we're going to start to see them come in. We're seeing good numbers at the moment being caught off uh, and through Sydney Harbour. They're not massive fish, but they're, they're in quite prolific numbers. Um, when, are we, when are you going to spend more time on actually chasing them? Because you, you're not generally going to waste a day when you haven't heard reports yeah. or that temperature isn't at the right uh, what, number. What you just said, waste a day, is pretty much sums it up how I sort of fish. So I, I target fish I'm going to catch. And I had this argument with Craig last week because I don't fish unless I'm going to catch. And it sounds dumb, but you got to remember, this is my job. It's sort of like going, I yeah, guess... but how do you determine that whatever you're fishing for is catchable? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all to the elements. And we t- this is what we talked to on Salt Guy, back to Craig. So he said to me the other day, can we film the, film the snapper on Wednesday? I said, no, it's blowing north wind. I had numerous mates fish north wind in the morning that did not catch a fish. The night before, I bagged on snapper with a southwest change. So it's following the elements to increase your catches. Whiting, dirty water, strong tide. Squid, clear water. Ocean, northerly wind, it's calm. You're not going to swing as much around. You're not going to fish out there in a 25 knot southerly because you can't. You're not going to catch fish. So it's about fishing this fish at the right time. It's like going to the supermarket, owning a supermarket and not having any food there to sell for me. Like if, I, if it's not there to catch, I'm not going to make any money for my work. And that's how I fish and it's how I'm teaching people to fish. Rather than going, I'm fishing for snapper on Saturday and you've worked that week out two weeks ahead, it's about targeting things at the right time. Gwaine went down to Welshpool during the week to look for the kingfish. Didn't find any kingfish, found a hell of a lot of, hell of, a lot of bait, reckons they won't be far behind. And I, I reckon that it's only the matter of a few weeks before the consistency is going to start to be there. But I won't go out and look for them 
until I start. I used to make the reports. Now I sort of follow them a little bit more. Yep. Uh, as bad as it sounds. Uh, I don't follow them where they are. I just, I, I will do the odd trip where I'll just randomly go out there and look for them because that, because the, what I'm trying to say is I will look for them if the conditions are going to line up for them to be there. But quite often that's when other people are catching them. Does that yep. make sense? Yep. So if it's an 18 degree water, it's all of a sudden it turns 18 degrees, I get a light northerly and the water's going to be blue, I will be looking for kingfish because I'm going to catch them. Does that make sense? It's not that I'm following the crowds, I'm fishing efficiently. So I'm not wasting time and that's what I'm trying to teach people. Like yeah, like during the week, I did the gummies offshore, I got my calamari and got my whiting all in a few hours. So that's how we sort of target the fish these days with salt guide to teach people how to use their time as efficiently as possible for the days that they've got to fish. We're going to run out of time to answer this one, but I think it's something that we should definitely set up next week episode around uh nathan mclean seeing that the cray season has just started what dive gear should i set myself up with and do you scuba or free dive aaron that's we, something that we'll focus on next week you've done plenty you of both we're we going to answer this one you got time to answer it quickly no we're going to focus a bit more on it next week but just quickly free dive or scuba I, you're I, I scuba free diving is too hard <laughs> for craze sometimes i spend 15 minutes trying to get a cray out and I can't hold my breath that long, but I haven't run it past the cats yet, but I'm hoping to get you in for a dive this year. Do you reckon, do you reckon you'll be allowed to come for a dive and come visit Bruce down the bottom? <laughs> I'm not interested in seeing Bruce, <laughs> anything with a decent size. Uh, I'm more scared of what craze do to me, to my hands. They destroy my hands. That's how much they hurt. But you want to do a show next week? Cray diving show? We'll do a cray diving next week. Macy might win it next week. All right. It's time for our winner for this week's Dometic CFX Ice Maker model. Uh, they're available right throughout, whether it be Anaconda, uh, BCF, you name it. Then just about every sort of outdoor store, we're giving away one every week. And congratulations to Brendan Geary, mate. You've won yourself a Dometic CFX Ice Maker model. Congratulations. Make sure you continue to send in our questions down. Uh, your questions. Oh, did you get? The, did you get the choose a winner? Yeah, I did. You can do next week's. Oh, you got two weeks in a row. I might have had three weeks. In a row. <laughs> um, make sure you send in your questions. Uh, if we answer it. On the show, and we announce you as the winner. You pick yourself up a brand new CFX. Made of about six sixteen hundred. There's yeah. only one left because I've taken four. This is <laughs> real adventures for BF Goodrich. They've made a lot of memories in their 150 years. Most importantly, driving you to create memories of your own. On real adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard, everything you need for adventures big and small. Our special guest this morning is Zach Cross from Cross Country Fishing Charters. Good morning, Crossy. G'day, lads. How are you going? We're going well. Now, talk to us the story around uh, your foray into fishing chartering. Uh, you've worked yep. in mines. You've been in the building industry. And a few years back, you decided to change course. Well, the question is, what made him... <laughs> literally spent a fortune on a boat after taking that massive punt. I think this is the question everyone wants to know. <laughs> love of fishing. <laughs> Take us through it. Take us through your story, Crossy. I'm, uh, I'm still actually asking myself that now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty well it all stemmed was, obviously, being a building trade, love that family business. Uh, spend out on my own, got a contract in the mine. That was great. Um, short-lived, though. Mine site shut down. Um, come back home. My partner, Laura, she um, got her graduate nursing in July 
And so we thought we'd have a sea change. So from Horsham, we moved to Geelong. And then when I got there, I thought, well, I've always spoke about running a, a tackle store or a fishing charter or doing something, but I think I just I just like talking about it. I like I like uh, saying it, not actually doing it. So I finally um, put words into action and made the, the trip down to Richardson Marine. Um, yeah, we started drawing up a, a charter boat, started at 7 metres, and then I ended up with a, a 9.3 metre, <laughs> 2.95 sea cruiser. <laughs> so... Yeah, it, just, it was just one of them things that just sort of progressed. Um, I've, I've loved boats. Uh, I've bought and sold boats my whole life. Um, Travelled around sort of Australia, picking them up. It was all about the adventure, going to get them, and I'd sort of fill them up and flip them. And, um, yeah, so then here I am now, running charters out of Geelong. <laughs> it's obviously a big decision either, you know, when you're starting a new business, buying new, or as you've done before, you said you've sort of, bought boats, done them up and sold them on. Um, why is it that you went building a boat from scratch and, and really having quite a big input in it? Because you've got a, um, you've done a little bit of sort of media work with the boys from the captain and sort of detailed yep. your story around the construction of that boat. It's quite intricate and it's a serious weapon, your boat. Yeah, well, thanks, mate. It's, um, it was sort of one of things because I'm pretty fussy with my boat um, and so all the boats I've had sort of, what I did was I sort of took all the, the best bits from all the boats I've had in the past and sort of what worked. Um, but the, the biggest thing was I'd never actually obviously ran a charter business. So um, to, to say us lads going out for a fish, we'll fish completely different to bringing eight punters out. So yeah. that was sort of what I had to try and get my head around. But uh, but I just wanted to build, eventually it's just a a, a big wreck boat. Um, I wanted people not to feel like they're on a, a barge. I wanted them to still feel like they're on a fast recreational boat that they can blow their hat off and we can get to a spot quick. Because I love speed too. I love going fast. <laughs> um, unfortunately, with that, um, the, the fuel bill gets a bit high, but uh, I'm willing to sacrifice that for my own enjoyment too. So, um, yeah, so it's just all, all about the adventure pretty well. I'm... Um, that by all means, I'm I'm not the best fisherman out there. I just I just I'm very passionate, and it's it's probably just so uh, just as much about the adventure as it is about the fishing with uh, with our charters, which I, I think we try and show that with um, some of our social sites. And that it, yeah, it's always always a laugh. That's well, well that's one thing that I've noticed on your Instagram, especially, and you can follow cross country fishing charters on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, it's always a bit of a laugh. You're always yelling and screaming, oh, I'll say it, like an idiot on his camera with the punters <laughs> having a bit of fun, uh, pulling mako sharks over the side. But you are catching some bloody fish, Zach. You're getting some crackers. Yeah. It's, no, as we moving down here, obviously, with um, not knowing much about the area, I'm the first one to put my hand up there. I don't have the experience that everyone else has got. Um, like yourself, you've fished here forever. Um, all the other charter boys born and bred here. So... I had to create something that that stood out, and that's why I sort of designed the boat I did. And that's why I ended up putting the the twenty four inch touchscreen in it. Oh, don't don't that's a boat. that's a soft spot at the moment here because I don't know if Pat didn't quite get his <laughs> get his big screen in his boat, did you, Patrick? Oh, he's <laughs> looking at me with an angry that. face. Yeah, twenty grand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I originally designed mine to have twenty sixteen, 
and I couldn't fit it in. <laughs> so I said, what's better than two sixteens? And they go, the biggest, the top four. And I said, well, I've already gone this far, so you might have put it in. I tell you what, the way that the way that Richardson Marine just would have just seen dollar bills coming their way because they've convinced him with everything. <laughs> no, it is a it's a weapon. <laughs> one of the things I love about it, Crossy, um, it's yeah. it's dual helm. You've actually got one on the on the deck, but obviously being plate aluminium, you're able to yep. actually trailer it, so you can take it right around the state and if you wanted to, right around the country and chase yep. Yep. Um, big game yep. fish. Well, that was the the whole idea. Once we the boat was originally going to be seven meters. Um, and then it obviously got bigger, and so then we pretty well once I'd quadrupled my budget, um, <laughs> I, 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 there was no turning back. I said, "Let's build the heaviest boat, the biggest boat I can that I can sailor," and yep. we literally ride on the limit. Like we, yeah, you got to be careful how many sinkers you put in sailing it because you ride on the limit. But, um, and yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and that was that was the whole idea. We, we we wanted to create something still comfortable enough, but something that you can still Maneuver and, and maneuver it like a, a trailer boat, which um, that second helm station that's the best. And I went to the Hutch and Wilco boat show in New Zealand just as I was designing the boat, which was a very bad move but a great move now. Um, that cost me a lot of money that trip just from all the ideas. Um, and yeah, that second helm station I got that over there and I use that for my docking. I use it to say when we're, when we're chasing a bigger fish on out the back there. So it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. You're listening to Real Adventures. We're chatting to Zach Cross from Cross Country Fishing Charters. If you want to book a charter, make sure you follow him on Instagram or Facebook or give him a call on 0417-22094. Snapper, there's been plenty of them around of late, Redmond. Yeah, and Zach's been well and truly getting amongst them offshore outside of Bowen Heads there on his charters. The only little bit drama with with getting offshore can be the wind at times, but this time of the year with our warm days that are coming most days during the week, you get four or five days out of a week now where Zach can get out there. The snapper on the chew, Zach. Yeah, mate, it's just been amazing. With um, the the snapper, the snapper definitely has, uh, has, has fired up offshore. Uh, it's, it's it's one of those things like early season, which as you know, red the the bite period is a little bit smaller. Um, so you just got to. What we've found, we've just been moving around a lot. There's no secrets in fishing anymore out there, as you'll see on a good day. There's so many boats out there. Um, but, yeah, we've just been very lucky. We've landed some, um, some fresh baits on top of some hungry fish, and, yeah, it's been a really good start to the season. We've, we spoke at the start of the uh, today's episode, Zach, around kingfish, and you landed one uh, a month or so ago. When do you think you'll start to really chase them um, and put time into them on the boat? Because it's obviously one of the things that punters love fishing for, but they're also a really finicky fish to, to chase and catch, and you've got to put a lot of time into them in order to get um, and, and, and improve your chances of actually catching them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're dead right there about being finicky. They're probably the most frustrating species that we have on offer around here, um, but the most exciting with the same breath. Um, so we landed that one a month ago. That was a bycatch off the bottom, and... Yeah, I was pretty excited to see them colours, let me tell you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, once that water temp, like we'll find over the next sort of three weeks um, to a month, we will start sounding a lot of schools of them. Um, but trying to, to hook them and entice them onto, uh, onto the end of the rod is another thing. So once that water temp sort of picks up leading up to Christmas, I reckon the season's a little bit delayed on last year, so it could be any time, I think, from Christmas. 
in that January period, we'll start seeing a few more caught. Um, and then hopefully, once that trigger um, switches, you, you just got to be ready to go because you got to jump on them while they uh, while they have a red hot crack. And that's one thing with Zach's charters, Paddy, is when he's fishing, he doesn't like. It's how to explain this. It's not just targeting one. You can target one species, but you can ha- you can come across anything. The style and the what is what what how he's fishing offshore. He sets his boat up with his punters. He's got fresh bait, and he can cover ground with his drifting methods. He gets you catch snapper, gummies, gurnard, nanagai, kingfish, mako sharks, seven gill sharks, bronzies, whatever com- comes up. So you pretty much in for a shot at nearly every charter he goes out and coming across any species, nearly any time of the year, the way things happen these days. So if you do want to uh, get on board this boat, make sure you do give him a call because it's well worth getting on it. You can follow him on Instagram, on Facebook, Cross Country Fishing Charters, or give him a buzz on 0417-22094. Give him a buzz, get on board, and have a great day out. I'm sure he'll even cook you a snag or two. Thanks for joining us this morning on Real Adventures, Cross Country Fishing Charters, Zachary. Thanks, lads. Well done. Cheers. It's time for Red's review. Today's review is all about the Dometic Hayman 4 Air. Now, Redman, I've been a little bit sceptical when I've seen sort of inflatable camping tents um, push their way into the market. Now, um, we see plenty of them uh, globally, but we haven't seen a huge amount uh, right around Australia. Uh, Dometic have released these in their new camping range. Um, Airframe technology ensures the the performance that you would normally get with say poles mm-hmm. you get it in an inflatable version now i was a skeptic until i used it last weekend when we were down in gippsland and i must admit like i had in my head you know when you drive past godfrey hurst and there's that sort of snaky waving man because he's been blown up by whatever it is yes well, i imagine that the snaky um, wavy man <laughs> but it is it is the absolute opposite um i was so impressed with how easy they are to to um, put up for one because literally all you do is have them blown up and away you go and then you peg them in. You don't have to worry about bending or snapping mm. poles and feeding them through. All you do is um, attach your, um, your compressor, away it goes, blows it up and it's done. It is so easy uh, to put up. It's blown me away. I've got a question for you. It's going to be, it's a, it's a very effective but a dumb question. Can yep. you pop it? Well, you can. You can put holes in it, but they do come with. You can repair them really quite. How easily. hard is it to put a hole in it? No, it's it's That's it's hard. It's it's like the material them it, itself. Like is Finn um, going to sit there with a pen, for instance, and nah. whack his hand and pop it? No, nah, no. Nah. It's um, they're really rigid. Like durable. this is a yeah, they're really durable. And once again, like the whole thing isn't inflatable. It's not like all the all the walls on the tent itself are inflatable. It's where you would feed the poles in. Oh, so it's... Okay, yeah. So it's just the actual framework of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, it's not like... So it's not the ground. You're not like... Okay, I'm with you. Yep. No, it's not the entire thing. It's not like a big bubble of yep. air. So it's, it's where the, your poles normally would go is where the air um, is inserted, in. basically. Yeah, yep. And then around the base, not through the whole floor and everything. So... It looks just like a normal tent. What it is, is so much easier to put up and you don't have the risk around snapping poles. I won't uh, lie to you. I've uh, had a few times where I've been camping in that last day when it's 35 degrees in a chuka and I've been in a tent and uh, I've just chucked my tent in the bin. Yeah, you <laughs> just, I just can't be bothered. <laughs> so this is so easy. It's Once you um, you want to deflate it, you open up the, um, the hatches, away it goes, and you're done. 
probably going to be a little bit on the pricier side. What are we talking? They're about fourteen hundred bucks for the for the Hayman four. Which I'll is double four, it. I'll pay double, so I don't have to pack up another tent. Which is a four person <laughs> tent. Well, you still have to pack it up, um, <laughs> but it's it's really quite easy. You roll it up, um, and you're done. Yep. So, for more information, head to Dometic.com on the Hayman four air inflatable camping tent. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. It's time for Red's Tip. And we've spoke about it throughout the show, and I thought I'd just put it together. I did have a different tip in play, but I'm just going to put it together for people. It's about saving your time and catching fish. Now, what I mean by this is, don't say like I'm just. This is just me making it up on the spot. Don't say next Thursday. I'm going Thursday, and I'm going to catch it. I'm going to snap a fish all day. Don't do it. It just you can plan to do that if well, can, people have a day off. So they have a set day off. Yep. You've got Thursday off. Yep. When are you planning what fish well, you're chasing? So if you've got Thursday off and you want to catch fish, yep, it's, it's Tuesday now. Yeah, and there's a difference between you can give it a go if you want to give it a go. You can go give it a go. You might be lucky to get one fish, but I've been fishing for a hell of a long time in, well, I'm going to say, for instance, Port Phillip Bay nearly every day of the year and around the country at times too, like a lot of the time as well. Like every time we've targeted stuff, no matter who you go with, if we jump on Dennis Daly's boat uh, from Fishing Mission and we go fishing with him up in Cairns, He'll tell, he told us, no, we need to be here at this time. No, you won't get them today because of this condition. No, you won't get this. It's the same thing for when you're going to fish. I had a bloke yesterday, I'm not going to mention his name, and a mate of mine, no, I'll mention it, Nipper. He said to me, Nipper goes, I'm going to head out on the snapper on Wednesday during the week. What are you doing? So I'm going offshore. I'm not going for snapper. And he said to me, oh, I've got my day off. I'm going to go. I really want to chase snapper. Well, that's fine. He, he went and chased snapper. He got two pinkies around 45 centimetres. Then he goes to me, what are you doing? So I'm coming back in the bay. I've got a gummy offshore. I'm coming in. I'm going to do the squid and widen. He goes, oh, I might come up there and do that soon. Anyway, he, goes, he brings me back. He goes, no, I just stayed on the snapper. I really want to chase the snapper. So he, his best chance of getting the fish was at first light, which he was there for. He had a tide change mid-morning, which he was there for. But I don't like that northerly wind with that barometer. Just too, I, It's just not doing anything for me. Yep. So I don't like that. He goes to me in the car. Geez, I wish I had have come on the widen and the squid so I've got something to take home to eat. So he would have had much more fun than sitting there watching pillies all day. He would have had more fun coming and catching the whiting and the squid, potentially going offshore and getting a gummy as well. So it's about fishing the right species at the right time. I understand you've got days off, and I give you all the credit in the world if that's all you want to catch is a snapper. You're more than welcome to go do that. But don't go to the end of the day, I wish, I wish I had of, I wish I had of. When I've got the information there for you with this show, I've got it with Salt Guide. I've taught you guys at home listening to this. I have taught you guys so many different ways to target species right around Victoria and the country to value, value your time on the water so you can take home a feed. But like I said before, if you do want to target something, for instance, and you want to just give it a go, you're more than welcome to do it. But if you want to take something home, Fish for the species at the right times. Learn at saltguide.com.au or listen to this show where I'll give you your tips and throughout the whole episodes. And you can listen to any episode on our Real Adventures app. Make sure you download it and everything is on there. When you're in the car traveling up the highway, have a listen and there will be tips throughout there that you will pick up and it will trigger your brain next time you are going fishing. That's Red's tip. It's time for the flying gaff and a fishing trawler's run aground in Bermagui creating a bit of a navigation nightmare, Redmond. Uh, at 18 metres long and nudging uh, 40 years old, the timber 
long liner Salvatore ran aground at Haywards Beach, four k's north of Bemi uh, last week, late last week. Um, it was heading back to port with four people on board. What it means now is, and New South Wales Maritime have warned that debris. Uh, is continuing sort of to float around the region. So just be wary when you are uh, out on the boat driving around there because there may be floating debris at different stages. Make sure you're safe on the water this weekend. You've been listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodridge, celebrating 150 years. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.